if you're going to do, you know, anything creative, I think you have to take it quite seriously and really practice your craft. I think there's no shortcut to being good at what you do. This is episode number 42 of The Inspiring Talk with YouTube sensation and singer Vidya Vox. Welcome guys to The Inspiring Talk. My name is Vijay Gautam. I'm host for this show. Each week I interview today's most successful and inspiring personalities to help you realize your inner potential. Oh my god. We have got a big one today on this podcast. Super excited for my guest Vidya Vox. Vidya is singer, songwriter and YouTube celebrity with over 4.5 million subscribers and over 400 million views. She fuses the western songs with the traditional songs from Indian classical music, Bollywood songs and the transition is so swift that you can barely notice as it happens. Her songs have the vibe and energy that most people can easily connect to and her powerful and crystal clear voice makes it even better. Vidya not only does cover songs and mashups but lately her work is more focused in creating her own original songs. She has released her own EP Kutu Fire last year and since then she has released numerous original songs. The latest one being amazing song as the title says Tamil Born Killer. Make sure guys that you share this episode with your friends by visiting the show notes page of this episode at theinspiringtalk.com forward slash 4242. Now, before we dive in, guys, if you are interested in launching your own podcast, you need to check my six weeks long group podcast coaching program where I help you launch your own awesome podcast within six weeks. I handhold you for these six weeks with all the minute details you will ever need such as coming out with idea picking up name equipment software and also i'll give you access to dedicated whatsapp group for questions and discussions and it also includes my online video course on editing audio which has got more than 20 videos to get you started it also includes all the templates worksheets and checklists to keep you on the track if you are interested in starting your own podcast check details at theinspiringtalk.com/podcastcoaching or write to me at bizay@theinspiringtalk.com now in this episode bidya talks about how she went from being an immigrant kid in us studying psychology to following her passion for music how she deals with pressure to deliver best song every single time responsibility that comes along with the popularity and how she keep up with that how important is it to surround yourself with positive people and much more now Without further ado, let me welcome the one and only Vidya Vox. Welcome back guys. We have got Vidya Vox in the house. Vidya, thank you so much for joining me. It's an honor to have you on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited about this. Yeah, Vidya, your songs have the vibe, the energy, the expressions on your face, you know, that instantly uplifts the mood of listeners across the world and you are a sensation taking the world by storm right um <laughs> but you were not that girl always you come from a conservative middle class family and i think it would be right to begin today's conversation from right there so could you share about your family background and the culture that you come from yeah absolutely uh i was born in chennai and you know so i am 
South Indian and uh, my family. We lived in India for a little bit, but we moved to the U.S. when I was nine years old. Um, and uh, it was something that, you know, that, you know, obviously like a lot of immigrant kids in the U.S. have the same story or, you know, if you're moving out of the country and, you know, growing up in the U.S. was always a little bit, it was a little bit challenging because, you know, I just wanted to be like a normal American kid. But, you know, mm. obviously because of my skin color and like, my culture at home because my mom was very strict and she, you know, she made us speak Tamil at home and she would only make us Indian food. And, you know, and I'll always be like, mom, I want nachos or I want pizza. <laughs> and like, she'd be like, no, like you can't eat unhealthy things. And, you know, she'll be giving me like dal and rice or like dosa and sambar and, you know, things like that. And obviously growing up, that was not cool, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and yeah, so that was always a little bit of like a struggle in terms of, you know, identity and being able to like balance the two worlds. Uh, but, you know, it's something that I, as I grew older, I was so grateful for because, you know, I just, I, I honestly, like today, I wish someone like my mom could make me those on sambar. Like I'm, I'm like, yeah. as an adult, I'm just like, <laughs> I miss it so much. I want, like, I don't want to eat pizza and I don't want to eat nachos. Um, even though I really love those foods, but still, um, yeah. So basically, and I, you know, started singing when I was five, my mom was really insistent that we, you know, get put in uh, Carnatic music lessons and Parthnatim lessons, my sister and I, and it's something we grew up learning and doing together. And, and then, yeah, and I kind of, you know, kept that with my life. Like I used that as my stress relief, you know, especially from if school got really hard or anything was really stressful, I would just like go sit down and practice. And, you know, I just started to use that as like a quite like a stress relief, like especially in high school um, and college. And um, yeah, and like a nutshell, that's kind of like my upbringing and, and yeah, and <laughs> my, my story. Yeah, awesome. So I can understand like parents being so wanting and eager to teach you the Indian culture because they don't want you to forget your own culture, right? So that's the that's a pain a lot of parents out there in the US can relate to because yes. yeah they, they don't want you to forget your culture right so they are too afraid of uh, like losing the identity going to your generation or your kids generation and when it's when they see that okay our culture is going away like my kids are not understanding or i mean not taking up the culture so uh, yeah, yeah i mean uh, that yeah obviously so um vidya you said that your grandmother is inspiration for you to follow your musical career so how did she inspire you to follow your heart yeah, you know, she's always been the one that's kind of made music fun for us, you know, to be honest, as like a, you know, nine year old kid or a 10 year old kid, like, I don't want to sit down and practice scales and, you know, learn all these mm -hmm. things that are like, kind of boring. And so uh, I, I always, you know, would try and like run away from practicing. But then my grandma would always like make my sister and I sit down and she'd be like, okay, She'll like sing us like all these like Tamil movie songs and she'll be like, okay, tell me what ragam is this and what ragam is that. And, you know, so she'll be like making it like really fun, you know, songs that we knew. And she's like, look how the, the music that you're learning is like also translated into your favorite songs. And she kind of like helped us, you know, really like stay inspired and like stay practicing basically as kids. And, uh, you know, and so as I grew up, like after college, when I was telling her, you know, this is something I want to pursue and I want to do, she was 100% behind me. And she was like, yeah, absolutely. And I think it was always her kind of dream, too, because she also learned mm. music and she always like sang as like a hobby. And 
kind of seeing her dream, like living her dream through me, um, I think is something that makes her quite happy. Yeah. Your grandmother is so proud of you and that she said on your Instagram live and she was very, very proud grandmother. Yeah. Uh, and yes, as you said, like, you know, getting that opportunity to live your dream through your kids or maybe your grandkids, uh, that is that must be an amazing feeling for a parents, right? So, yeah. Um, so who was the artist that you have grown up looking up to as a kid? Oh, so many. Um, you know, I loved, loved A.R. Rahman, still love him. Uh, he is so revolutionary and he really, you know, tries to step out of the box. And I think he really pushed Indian music to quite a different level and brought it globally even. And, um, you know, in terms of like composer, he's like one of my favorites. Um, I also really love Beyonce. I've been like you know, listening to her since, mm-hmm. since she was in Destiny's Child for so long, since I was in like high school and like middle school, high school. And, and yeah. And so, and like those two are like my absolute favorite, but I also love like so many artists, like, you know, Shankar Mahadevan and I love Nitishri, you know, I really kind of like a hodgepodge of like East meets West. Um, you know, East I love Coldplay. Is. Yeah. And I, yeah. you know, I love Right. Most recently, I love Dua Lipa and Khalid and they're doing amazing things. And mm. and and yeah. And I just yeah. So many. Awesome. So even though you have been singing since you were five, but it was when you were in junior year of your college, right? When you decided to pursue music for full time. So how scary was that moment? Have you had that fear of failure? Oh, absolutely. I used to have so much anxiety about it because, you know, I was here. I was. I went to school for pre-medicine and psychology and I finished my university degree in that actually. And because my mom was like, you need to finish college, like you're not going anywhere. And, and it's true. And I kind of was just so, you know, like my last year, especially because I was just like, oh, I really want to do music and, but I'm not sure of how it's going to all work out. And it was really when I met Shankar that year, um, I think I met him in sophomore year, but we didn't collaborate until junior year. And mm-hmm. he showed me, you know, okay, listen, you don't need to, you know, wait for someone else to give you a chance. You can make your own platform on YouTube. And he was doing it at a time where Indian music really wasn't that big on YouTube. And he was really like forging that path. And I just remember YouTube being like such a new thing. And, you know, it was, it was so exciting to see him do what he did. And I was like, I want to do this. And um, so I would say like, that was really the turning point for me. And he really planted the seed. I mean, because growing up, you think music, dance, yes, they're hobbies, and they're great. And they make you, you know, all rounded. And, you know, you have like a hobby to really go back to when you're stressed, but then you never think of it as like a dream, or you never think of it as like a career. Exactly. So you're like, I don't, I, not even in my wildest dreams, I thought. So then finally, after I graduated, I was actually working in a cardiologist office for like a year <laughs> as an assistant. And I was like, yeah. okay, like, and then I was just there and I was miserable the entire time. I was like, I just want to do this. And in between all of that, like in the weekends and stuff, I would actually go tour with Junker's band. And I helped uh-huh. him a lot with his videos and you know, occasionally like be on set and like even like DP some of his videos. So I would really help a lot. And I would like, I really got the hang of how to do it. Um, And so, and so, yeah. And then after a year of working at the office, I was like, you know what, this is something I can do now or never. And I just need to, 
you know, go back to India and like get back to learning because in college I didn't go to music class regularly. And I was like, I need to get back onto my basic skills and, you know, just practice for like a full year, you know, just Mm -hmm. like six hours a day, which honestly is what I did. And I just Mm -hmm. like lived in Mumbai and I was just there for like two years. And I was like, I'm going to just be learning music and immerse myself in the local music scene and kind of just like see what it's all about and get, you know, kind of acquainted with it before I start my own YouTube channel. Um, And it's something that that is work behind the uh, curtains, right? Yeah. I mean, you just, you have to, and it's something, I mean, I still take music class here Mm -hmm. and I'm still practicing every day. I mean, it's just something that you can't ever let go. And, you know, even those basic scales, you got to, keep practicing I feel like all your life and it's something that I've learned um over the years uh you can never let that go so yeah and and then after that I after moving back after my lease ended in Mumbai I was like okay I'm gonna move back in with my mom and then um yeah and I was like okay it's time for the YouTube channel one fine day just kind of recorded it all in the Mm -hmm. same day Shankar and I and and then yeah we put it out and haven't looked back since yeah, obviously. So you said your mother wanted you to finish that, you know, course and graduate that. And after that, even uh, like you were working there. But still, yeah. you know, you were, even though you were working for Sankar's band and all those things were going on, but there was not that surety or, you know, you were, uh, maybe you yourself had that sort of doubt. What if I fail? And, you know, what if I cannot make it happen? Right. So what yeah. was the, the, the conversation you had with your mom, like, OK, mom, I'm going to leave this job and everything behind and I'm going to take on, on this new career. So how, how was that conversation like? How was her reaction or maybe uh, other members of your family? Um, how was uh, that conversation like? Yeah, I mean, it was actually yeah, it was with her and my sister and I kind of just, you know, basically the reason I didn't do it right like immediately while I was still working, I just needed to like, I, I still had like student loans and stuff and I had to like pay some of it back. And, you know, I kind of didn't have a plan. Like I wanted to do music, but I didn't have a concrete plan on how I'm going to achieve my dreams. You know, because nothing, it's yes. everything is nice. You can wish and hope, but like wish and hope are not going to help you achieve True. your dreams. It's all hard work. And, and so that's kind of my mom's you know, her condition in the sense that you give me a plan, let me see, like how, you know, like, basically, if it's viable, and then you here's three years, and if it works in there, do it, if not, you can come back to it. And this was kind of, and I think that was kind of like very revealing to me. So I kind of, you know, tried it out for a year just to be like, okay, I know for a fact that I don't want to do medicine. And, and then I, yeah. And I kind of just like built my plan. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to move to India. And I kind of told her my, all my plans and kind of all my goals. And I was like, I'm going to start a YouTube channel and this is what I'm going to do. And then she was like, okay, sounds great. And good luck. And so, and so, yeah. So she gave me like, yeah, two, three years time. And she's like, you need to work your hardest and see, you know, if things go well at this time. And, and then if it pans out, it pans out. And, and it did, which is, I'm very lucky and so grateful, you know, for all the support that I've received. And I think that, yeah, I couldn't have asked for like a better, you know, kind of journey. I was wondering, like, you know, actually wishing if every kids could get mom like yours. Um, yeah. Who- ask the right questions, you know, asking the right questions and putting your kids on the shoes where or at a place where 
they would think themselves rather than you know asking them don't do this or don't do that that's wrong right. or that's right mm-hmm. but ask them the right questions so that they will figure out something i mean i'm so glad that your mom did that to you but i i wish every parents you know does that to their kid oh yeah it's definitely she's very instrumental in my success and and i honestly i would say like her and my sister and shankar obviously without a question and um and my grandma i think like those are like my four people that have been they're the closest to me and also just so you know kind of supportive and yeah always like encourage me and even when i wanted to be like when i cuz honestly living in india was difficult cuz i didn't have any family there grandma yeah. was actually at the in the us with my mom at that time and so you know so it was very difficult cuz i was just like in mumbai alone <laughs> without mm. like anyone <laughs> um you know so yeah. and i mean ashankar was there obviously with me but like still and i had to like make friends and kind of like start this journey you know on my own yeah. so yeah. yeah it was my mom was really instrumental in it yeah even though you have uh, you were from india but you have never lived here so that was another thing like you know changing the culture and then understanding indian even though you were aware of that at your home but uh, again you have to you know Uh, adapt yourself to the totally new environment whole new environment right so yeah i mean i lived there as a kid with you know with my family and so you know but when you go back as an adult you're on your own and you have to be able to you know i was trying to get like an apartment lease on my own like just things that were quite different from the us i think yeah. uh you know and i learned to do and honestly it was one of the best times i like really enjoyed it quite a lot and i that's why i can't stay away i keep coming back to <laughs> mumbai <laughs> yeah Uh, so Vidya what are some of the challenges that you have faced in the early days of your life not in your musical career but early days in your life and you have shared in past about identity crisis and uh, also um, uh, being teased for your dosa or rajma chawal right so could you share yeah. a bit about those sort of challenges that you had to go through after moving to US Yeah I am um, I think that that was one of the most um it was it's quite hard because you know as a kid you're already like or as a teenager i guess you're already trying to figure out yourself and kind of like your path in life and your career and friends and all that stuff and then kind of like adding like a layer to that complexity is you know all the teasing and kind of the bullying about you know what you look like or like your skin color or the food you eat and things that you're like quite used to and you're comfortable with you know and then people point it out and you're like oh see you're different from me and because you're not having like a lunchable lunchables are basically these like ready made like lunch box okay. snack things mm-hmm. that are just very unhealthy very bad for you but at that time i was like oh my god like i just need to be eating a lunchable or like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch and you know mainly around food and a lot of the time i wouldn't even eat lunch at all or I would eat lunch at all alone because I was like teased so mm-hmm. much for it you know and my mom would always yell at me for like being like why did you bring lunch back and it's just like I could never eat you know like because people would be so mean to me like all the kids mm-hmm. um and it's something that I definitely like growing up with it I think as I grew older and older like end of high school and into college I just didn't even care I was just like eventually I was just like you know what I don't care this is always just going to be a thing and now I'm just proud of it and everyone wants you know quote unquote curry which is like not even a real like no one there's yeah. no actual dish called mm. curry guys but um yeah no and that was very difficult i think like i didn't tell and i kind of just hid like an entire part of myself you know from my yeah. friends like i didn't tell anyone i could sing i didn't tell anybody like about 
like any of the anything that was like at, happening at home or any movies that I was watching or like Hindi movies or Malayalam movies or whatever. And and yeah, it was really different. Um, but yeah, no, I think that that's honestly made me like unapologetically proud of being mm-hmm. Indian and of being, you know, an immigrant. Um, I think very like that kind of, you know, struggle, it really made me, you know, who I am. Yeah. And that has made you more stronger. And now you are embracing your culture like anything. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm I mean, gonna, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, I just want like any like any kids like if they're like if a lot of kids today, you know, and especially in the media, like there isn't that much like South Asian representation. I mean, today, yeah. like we have Priyanka Chopra, we have Mindy Kaling, you know, really like Deepika Padukone, like people in the West, you know, Indian actresses in the West who are really like inspiring you know, mainstream sort of culture. And I think that's really, really cool for kids, you know, girls growing up today. But when I was growing up, I didn't have that. Um, you know, I didn't like have an Indian accent. I mean, it's just, you don't see people that look like you in the media and that's difficult because other kids don't see that either, you know? So, um, yeah. So representation is really important. True. So with that, you were singing vazans and traditional songs at home and learning Karnatak music as well. Uh, but how did that first mess up happen? Have you always started on your musical journey with the idea of mess up or it happened as an accident of sort? So could you share that story with my listeners? Yeah, I think it was really organic, actually. You know, um, when I moved back from India, I was like, the one day we decided, I was like, I was singing that Sia song, it was like Big Girls Cry, it was my favorite at that time. And I was like, yeah, let me just record it. Chandra's like, okay, let's make a track. And then I was singing it and then we recorded the whole song. And then we both were listening to it and Chunga was like, oh, it's missing something. Like it doesn't have like an Indian feel. Like, and I was like, yeah, I mean, I just spent basically like the past two years, especially that at that time, I just come back from Mumbai and I was like, I just learned Hindustani music and practicing so much. And you can't hear that I'm Indian at all. And, mm. you know, it's something that I wanted to bring back. And Chunga was like, okay, let's like figure out a Bollywood song that we could, you know, kind of maybe sing with it. And I came up with Kabi Jobado because I was also listening to that mm-hmm. at that time. And, and so, yeah, and that's how we made that mashup. And we were like singing which parts of it could work and like where it could work in the song and trying to figure out what the structure of the song would be. And, and yeah, and that kind of just like happened that way. I mean, mashups are not like a new idea. I didn't invent them, obviously. Um, you know, I think Indian diaspora specifically has been doing mashups for a long time, especially in like islands like Trinidad or Mauritius or Reunion Island. You know, they have all the local folk songs are all kind of mashups, actually. Um, and like chutney music and stuff, for example. Um, and so basically, I did not invent that. But I think when I decided to do that for myself, and I was like, oh, this feels right. This is organic. This is what I should sound like and this is what I like singing and so yeah it just kind of worked out that way it worked out you knew only when you put that out right so when your song yeah. was complete and you were just hitting that you know upload button on the YouTube and then crossing your fingers uh, how, how was that moment like how was that feeling of uploading your first ever video on YouTube oh man I was so scared I remember <laughs> yeah I was terrified you know because I was I was like oh no one's gonna watch this you know I was like oh I don't care like I don't I don't know if people are going to, you know, like this idea of this mashup thing. And, and so and then, you know, actually, when I recorded it, because I recorded it on the same day, like did the video and the audio on the same day with Shungar. And as soon as I finished the audio, I sent it to my sister and she was the one that was like, 
you know, oh my God, this is amazing. Like she saw the potential in it and I didn't even see it. I was just like, oh, I don't know. Like, you know, I like it, but I don't know if people are going to like it. And honestly, I was just so grateful because I was just like, as I put out stuff, like as as long as people are listening to the music, like I don't care, you know, and if you don't Mm -hmm. like it, I don't know what to do. But, you know, I'm like trying my best. I want (laughs) to put out the songs that I want to sing and that I love and share that with everyone. And it worked. And it worked. Yeah. (laughs) And Vidya Box had that fear as well. Yeah, I did. I was very, I was very scared. I was terrified. Awesome. So the change in transition in your songs is so swift, you know, between the two songs that are from totally different part of the world, right? So how hard is it to find those two perfect songs and then marry them, right? To create Mm -hmm. a beautiful composition that touches heart of people both in East and the West. So how do you identify if this particular mess up will succeed or fail? You know, it's kind of like a puzzle. Um, There are a lot of mashups that I've done and recorded um, that have not worked, you know, and sometimes like, you know, Shankar and I would spend like three days on a mashup and it'd be like, oh my God, it's still not working and it's still not working. And we just like try and tweak different things and it's not working. And usually now I've realized that like, uh, you know, before, like basically if it doesn't work in hour one, it's not going to work on day three, you know, Mm -hmm. so it has to feel natural immediately and has to work immediately. And so, um, I think one of the big parts of the songs and why I feel like they are they are so kind of listenable are because it's Shankar's production you know I think that he arranges all the tracks and he really layers you know like he does all the instrumentation and really produces it quite well and I think you know the arrangement makes it seamless and so you can't tell it's going from a Hindi song to an English song and then back to a Hindi song you know it's because yeah, because Shankar is very good at sort of marrying, you know, those genres together. And it's something that he's had practice with for so long. And what he's been what he's been even experiencing since high school and doing experimenting with in high school and onwards. So I think uh, with every song, we got faster and, you know, quicker at knowing like, OK, this is going to work. This is not going to work. And and I think one of the biggest things is like I never saw like sang songs just because they were popular or just because they were on like a hot 100 list. I just sang songs because I liked them. And then if they happened to be popular, that would be great. But like, uh, you know, a lot of the songs I just sang because they were fun and because I liked singing them, you know. If, if they are not popular, let me make it popular. Yeah, I mean, if they're not popular, it doesn't matter. It's just like, I like singing this music. And if you like, enjoy me singing this, then, you know, you'll also enjoy it. But I feel like, you know, it's important not to you know, get into the trap of being like, oh, I have to cover like this song because it's, you know, on the charts this week or, mm. you know, and it, it's okay to do that. And yeah. we did that a few times too. But I think that as long as you really love the song, that's mm-hmm. what's important. So when do you say uh, if your song is success or a failure, what is that standard for you? Is it the number of views or your inner satisfaction of getting a song to the level of perfection that you have always wanted? Or what's your definition of success for your songs? You know, it's, uh, I honestly, I've come to a point where, especially with all of the original music, I love kind of just doing the songs to the, perf- like, to what I consider perfect or to what I consider where I'm really proud of them, you know, because music is so subjective. Like you might like a song that I might not like and vice versa. And art in general is quite like that. It's very, not one person is going to like what the other person's going to like. So as long as, 
I love my song and I'm proud of it and I like the vibe of it and I'm enjoying singing it. I think that's honestly the most important thing for me. And I consider that successful. And I think, you know, in a way, if I can, with my music, like say something different or say a story about my life in like a creative way or empower someone, you know, that's what I consider a success. Like, I don't really care about numbers or fame or any of that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, those I mean, come with it, you know. True. So the reason I've asked you that question is, you know, as a some as someone who is starting out there, you know, creating a video or two, you know, whether that's music or whether that's some sort of other different form of content on YouTube, right? So mm -hmm. it is easier for people to get lost in that number thing, right? I'm not getting many views, and even though mm -hmm. they like it a lot, but they stop doing that because they are not getting those number of views. So that's why I I wanted to you know know what's that success for you. Uh, I'm so glad that you said, you know, it's not the number that makes a difference, but it's your inner satisfaction and getting the song to your level of perfection. Yeah. I mean, also because on the internet, like people can tear you down so fast. And if you're not able to stand behind your work, like nobody will, you know, so you have to put it 110% into your work and be 110% sure it's something that you want to say and it's your message and it's your, you know, kind of your baby and you're putting it out there and, you know, and that's it. And you just have to like let it go in the world. And I think, you know, people get really caught up with views, but it's not that important at the end of the day. I think like, you know, you, it's just a number. And even when I started out, like, I think like thousand people watch my first video you know so it's like it doesn't even matter it's like everything was just like a slow burn and you just have to keep at it you know true true so with that recently you are more focused in doing original songs with mess up and cover here and there but uh, after your first ep kutu fire we have got opportunity to see a lot of your amazing originals and latest one tamil ban killer is phenomenal the energy <laughs> oh, that you, you have brought in this song is such a dope what inspired the name Tamil Van Kila? Um, it was kind of just like the vibe of the song. And it had Shankar was like producing this track and he was like, he put like not this for a minute. And he was like having this idea. And he's like, you know, who is this like the idea of like a Tadaiva, like someone who's like a king, like, a you know, who's like a boss. And, you know, in, in a way that's like very about self-love and self you know, appreciation. And so we kind of changed that into like, oh, instead of being like a boss of everyone, you're just a boss of yourself. And, you know, you kind of have so much self-respect that, you know, other people can't mess with you. And that's kind of the idea we, you know, used for that song. And I had like, uh, you know, I'll, I was kind of just like annoyed with some like haters and all the stuff in the past that I've received all those comments. I was like, you know, I'm going to channel all that energy and just like put it into a song and like write about it, you know, so it was like mm. a combination of like some of the hate that we received. Yeah. And also just like if we're at, you know, when one time I was like, specifically, it's happened quite a number of times, actually, when I if I'm like out with all of my girlfriends, and we're going out for just like a fun night out, you know, and there's always like some creepy guys that are just trying to get in and no matter how many times you say no they mm -hmm. are not going to take no for an answer and it's really annoying and so kind of using that uh, you know experience plus being like by haters was Tamil born killer <laughs> and this Tamil born kill killer is killing it for sure so there is no doubts on that right so <laughs> <laughs> and um Vidya so you have got these awe-inspiring dresses on your on your you know videos and then uh, you have shared a couple of times before in other different uh, interviews and the media that these dresses are something that you designed yourself. Mm -hmm. 
Is yeah, that true? I yeah, do. It's yeah. true. Yeah, I style myself in all my videos and all my pictures. And yeah, I style my dancers as well. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, something that I love, love doing. It's kind of like a passion project. And I've always been, you know, because I always like the idea of you can make a statement with fashion, like without saying anything, like you can say so much. And without saying a word. And I think that's really important to me. And especially with trying to, you know, mix both the cultures and trying to find like harmony between them. I think it, with clothes, it's quite, you know, fun to find that balance and, and explore that as well. Yeah, I love that. Mm, awesome. I mean, uh, now the stylist come um, choreographer, right? So uh, singer, <laughs> writer, videographer, sure. editor, everything all all in one. A lot of talent. Well, it's just, in if one you have person. a low budget, you just have uh, to do everything yourself. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so that's, that's why. And as long as you are loving, and that's the best thing that you can do, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, awesome. So Vidya, um, among the different work that you do to create one particular video, as you said, like picking up the dress, writing the song, you know, doing those mess up and all those uh, different things, what which one particular work is the that takes a lot of time of yours? A lot of time. I would say um, depends on the scale of the song. I mean, you know, for original music, the videos are a little bit larger, you know, for mashups and stuff. When we used to do that, like Shankar would just be on the camera and we would just edit it. So we can do it in like a day or two. And it was very easy. But with original music, it's a little bit more involved. There's more crew. Um, and, you know, we have dancers, we have a choreographer and, you know, who comes in. So I have to like rehearse for weeks beforehand, you know, so it's definitely the preparation for the video is definitely the longest and most involved part, um, not including the actual video shoot day itself. Uh, so it definitely takes at least a few weeks to like prep and, and rehearse. And, you know, for example, for Thumble Born Killer, like I had to rehearse for like two, three weeks beforehand and, you know, all the choreography. And it was actually for the tour, like for the Kutafire tour that my choreographer had, you know, done that section already. So I kind of knew some of the choreo, but it was still very much for the stage. So she had to adapt it for a video. Um, so I had to like learn that and then kind of hiring out all the crew and stuff. So yeah, it takes a lot of time. You have to get permits um, and we do everything. So uh, mm. yeah, so it takes, it definitely takes a long time preparing for a video. Mm. So how do you deal with the pressure to deliver better song or video next time to, or keep up with the standard that you have set uh, for yourself? Any specific practice or maybe quote or line or anything that you do in that circumstances to calm down and work okay with that it's fine right you know right I mean, yeah I know I have to deliver the best but calm down so is there anything like that that you do for in that kind of situation yeah you know I try not to think about anything that I've done already you know I'm always trying to do something different or something you know more challenging or you know trying to like within my scope obviously because you know it's not like very high budget but at the same time it's something that we can work with and how can we make it better with the resources that we already have um, and so I try not to like be like oh it has to be better than the previous one because I feel like each of them have their own kind of life and their own message or, you know, their own idea. So I don't, yeah, I don't put that kind of pressure. I feel like, you know what, it's fine. I just, but I need to like in that, within that project though, I need everything to be perfect. You know, yeah. like I need 
the costume to be perfect. I need all the shots that I like. You know, it has to be really, really kind of like very detail oriented. And I really micromanage mm. everyone on the team to be like, okay, is this okay? Is this okay? And, you know, kind of make sure it goes the way I want it to go. So then at the end of the day, we can have a good product. Um, but it's very much project basis. I, I don't think of, you know, past things that I've already done. I'm just like, okay, but in a way, I just like, oh, how can we make it better? Or how can I do like different choreo or more challenging choreo or, you know, something like that. So, yeah. Mm, awesome. So what sort of responsibilities that comes along with the fame and rise of one's popularity and how hard is it to keep with those responsibilities? Or is it always necessary to leave with those responsibilities? Yeah, I, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think it is always necessary to live with those kinds of responsibilities. But I think um, it's something like I have a lot of young girls in my audience. And I think that's really inspiring for me, actually, because it's amazing that they are listening to my music and they're watching our videos. And, you know, and I something that I really think about is how can I tell them that they're okay to be who they are and they can be, you know, Indian or wherever they're from, you know, they're okay to show their culture and that's what makes them different and unique. And that's kind of like what I try to lead by example. And it's like, I don't want people to go through what I went through as, as a kid growing up. And so how can I, you know, constantly, you know, you know, say that message like is it through my clothes is it through my music is it through just like being unapologetically who True. I am and I think that's quite important um in terms of like a responsibility I think that's all I should live like that anyway and I, I did but I think now more because there's so many eyes watching I think it's really important to make that message quite clear yeah and you are doing it really well Vidya inspiring a lot oh, of girls uh, not only in India but across the world they just can look up to you and say, hey, look, there is a girl just like us who started out with a very, very humble beginning and then she is still so proud of her culture and also from where she comes and their roots and all that sort of stuff, right? So you are an inspiration to a lot of girls out there. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. Thank you. So, um, Vidya, how do you handle the pressure just before entering the stage? Any any backstage preparation that you do or some uh, power posters or maybe read some lines or any sort of thing in that kind of situations? Um, you know, I warm up and stretch a lot and, you know, I warm up my vocals, obviously, and I stretch quite a lot. And then on the day of the show, I go on voice rest because, you know, my vocal cords are will get really tired after, you know, singing for two hours on stage mm -hmm. and like screaming. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah, no, so it's something like, so before stage, yeah, I get quite nervous, actually. Um, I can't eat and I can't do anything. And it's something like I need to really force myself to eat because otherwise I just won't be able to dance and, you know, sing on stage um, and have the stamina required. So I always try and just like force myself to eat. And I have a ritual. I eat dal and rice mm -hmm. before every show that's what I eat. And I have, you know, my, my Gatorade or coconut water. So I'm like hydrated. And then right before I get on stage, actually, I'm just, just pump myself up. I just think of Beyonce, actually. Mm, <laughs> I'm like, awesome. she can do it. I can yeah. do it. And so, uh, and she's very like, you know, very inspiring on stage. And I really look up to her. So yeah, for sure. I like, I think even so when we have like an intro piece and like an intro 
video that plays and that really pumps me up and then mm. I'm fine to be on stage. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. So, uh, Vidya, we have talked about the challenges that you have faced as a Indian kid in US, but now let's talk about some of the challenges that you have faced in your musical career. And maybe you can talk about some of the legal issues that you have ran into regarding the copyright issues and all that stuff. So, um, you know, you also had to remove some of the songs from your channel despite putting a lot of efforts and energy in creating them. So maybe you can talk about those. Yeah, um, you know, challenges are always going to be there and it's just important to learn from them and learn how to deal with them um, in terms of, yeah, in terms of deleting those songs. I just, you know, it was just like an Indian record label that was just like, hey, you can't have these up and YouTube copyrights are quite, um, quite complex. And so it's very, you know, it's, it, you know, it, it, there's two sides to everything and both, both of us were right, you know? And so at the end of the day, you know, it was their song and if they weren't going to give the permission, so it's hard for me to do that. And it, it isn't something that I thought about when I started to do it, to be honest, because I didn't, it wasn't, you, just, I, you know, you just kind of do these songs because yeah. everyone's doing them. Everyone does the cover and everyone does, you know, so everyone does it. And so you just don't think about it. And so once it got more popular, got more attention. And so it's just something that I had to do. And you know what? It's not, I don't have any regrets about it. People still remember the songs and people still, you know, hear mm -hmm. them, at, you know, at concerts in India or whatever. And, and now I'm focusing more on original music anyway. So I think it worked out, uh, yeah. you know, for the best. Uh, it was tough at that time, but, you know, it's something that I just had to do yeah. um, to protect myself. So, yeah. Yeah. That even brought to you, uh, you know, your focus in creating more of your original songs, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that way, that was like a really good lesson out of that. And it's just like, okay, you know what? Now it's time. Do your original music mm -hmm. and be in control of your own. True. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Vidya, I have heard you several times on many interviews and earlier in this interview itself, you have talked about uh, creating Sankar Talker and your family for showing what you have got within yourself and also showing that how easy is it on internet era to put out your creative content to the world. So how important is it to have a partner like that or members in your family or circle of friends who pushes you to your limits and what kind of role does that play? Yeah, no, I think that's very important. It's quite integral. I mean, you know, in the beginning, I feel like, yeah, maybe your family might not get it or whoever your friends be like, oh, what are you doing? Like, why are you making YouTube videos? And, you know, but eventually you need to have at least one person in your life that's like, I get it, you're doing the right thing and kind of pushing you and, you know, encouraging you and giving you honest feedback to improve yourself. Um, and I think that that is quite important. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you don't need like a million people. True. It's just you literally yes. need like one, one person. person. At that moment, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I hear you. I mean, um, when you have got that one person saying, okay, this guy at least believe and, you know, you know, like there are hundreds of other reasons, not because like if let's say your mom had not said Vidya, you are not going to be, uh, you know, making it on YouTube. That's not because you uh, see don't believe in you. That might just be, you know, because you are following, trying to follow a different path. And then that's, right. that's, you know, less walked path and she wants best for you. Right. But exactly. Yeah. So financial stability and stuff isn't something that you get from YouTube um, or doing music, for yeah. example. Yeah. So I think it's like, it's what, 
you know, parents are maybe concerned about. And I completely understand, especially as like an immigrant, mm. you really have to prove yourself here and, True. and, you know, give yourself that lifestyle. And so I think that is a very much a valid concern. But I also think that if you're going to do like, you know, anything creative, I think you have to take it quite seriously and really practice your craft. I think there's no shortcut to being good at what you do, you know, and there's no limit to practicing and getting better at it. So I think that's really important. I think you need to be, you know, learning from yourself and learning from your past work to see how I can make it better. True. So what is your message to a 17 years old girl or boy with a dream of pursuing passion in his or her life, but is not confident enough to take the leap like you did? You know, I think it definitely takes some time with age and you know coming into your voice and your and your style of whatever that might be and I think that it's important to just keep working at it and you know and keep putting stuff out and I think that you know definitely only share things that you're 100% proud of not because you know someone told you to or you know I don't know whatever reasons but that's I think quite important awesome um so Vidya now it's time for the enlightening round. Are you excited about the enlightening round? Yes. Let's do this. So Bidya, what inspires you to do everything that you do? Um, I would say, you know, I have yeah, a lot of inspirations, uh, you know, any, everything from nature to my family, um, to my fans. Uh, yeah, just everyone. I take in- inspiration from everything and everyone. Awesome. So Bidya, which one daily habit? do you believe has been game changer for you in your success journey? Um, I think uh, one daily habit, definitely working out. Um, Just being able to have that one hour to yourself to refresh and shut off from your phone and from, you know, all of the emails and phone calls. I think that's really important. And you just have one hour to restore balance in your body. And, you know, I do that every day. So which one book according to you, is a must read for everyone or maybe the book that has the uh, tremendous amount of impact on your own life? Ooh, um, this is a really good one. I would say The Kite Runner by Khaled Hosseini. Um, It's a very sad book, but it is Mm -hmm. so beautifully written and he's one of my favorite authors. Um, That's one one of my all-time favorites. If you were to start this success journey all over again, right after you have just graduated from your college or maybe even before that, maybe you, you decided not to graduate on that college or whatever that was. So if you were to start this all over again, what are those three things that you would have done differently? You know, I want to say I would have done things differently, but I'm not sure that I would have. I think everything that I learned has helped me, you know, like really take it to the next step. But one thing I would probably change is probably I would have gone to a music college and gotten a music degree (laughs) and done Uh, like training a little bit sooner. I I think I started, you know, I might have started a little bit late. I mean, I don't have any regrets about it. And I think I, but I think with a college degree that I'm not using, definitely, you know, and I have to pay student loans for it. That's, yeah, I'm just like, no, I should have just done music school. (laughs) Yeah. So Vidya, is there any online tool or app that you found very, very useful for you in your life, maybe in terms of uh, making you more productive or making you more disciplined or anything that has helped you personally in your self-growth? Hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the things that, 
Yeah, it's definitely called this this app called Things, and it's like a really great like to do list, you you know maker thing. And mm-hmm. yeah, I really I use it on all of my devices, and it really helps keeping everything organized, everything in lists, all the things that I have to do, um, and get done and prioritize. Awesome. So, Bida, now I have got one last question. But before that, I would like to thank you so much for everything that you are doing, and also for showing us all what is possible if we believe and keep taking those persistent steps, right? Oh, thank um, you. And also for showing us because you are an example of how easier the technology has made it for talent to express out to the world without waiting for or depending on someone else right mm-hmm. youtube podcast musically and all these Just right everything. there has never yeah. yeah there has never been great time to be alive right so i'd like to thank you so much for showing us that it's possible without having some huge budget to push or you know create produce because you can do all that with the resourcefulness so i'd like to thank you so much for showing us that oh thank you so much yeah definitely that means a lot i really appreciate that thank you if somebody wants to get ticket of your upcoming concerts or maybe uh, generally talk to you or reach out to you what is the best possible way and they can just find me on all social platforms is it's just at @vidyavox at @vidyavox yes. just google her name yes. you will find everything <laughs> it's <just> the, all <laughs> the usernames are @vidyavox awesome. yeah so bidya here is the last question for you yeah there is this big arena ever built in the history of the world and it has got the capacity to hold millions of people in that arena mm-hmm. and that is totally filled every single seat on that arena is occupied and there are these millions of people sitting there and you are there on the stage mm-hmm. and now you have to share the most important lesson that you have learned in your life and you have got only One minute of the time. Oh wow! What would be your message to these people sitting on that arena? I would say, um, you know, be yourself. I know that's very cliche, but it's really important. I think as definitely be yourself, and you know, don't let anyone tell you you're not special or you're not unique enough. You know, to chase after your dreams. I think. You know, there's no shortcut to hard work, but if you keep at it and you keep doing what you love, you'll eventually get there. You are amazing, Vidya. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was so nice to speak with you. There you have it. Theinspiringtalk.com forward slash four two forty two. Guys, make sure that you share this episode with your friends by visiting the Sonos page at theinspiringtalk.com forward slash four two forty two. Take a screenshot of this episode right now and share it as your Instagram story. And don't forget to tag me, Erdarit Bijay Speaks, and Vidya, Erdarit Vidya Vox, and let us know what you think about this episode. There are some tweetables on the Sonor space. Make sure that you tweet them and spread this inspiring journey of Vidya. Guys, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app so that you won't miss amazing upcoming conversations like this one. I'm so grateful for you all for your love and support and that means a world to me. Also guys, if you are interested in taking your voice to the world through your own podcast, check out my podcast coaching program by visiting theinspiringtalk.com/podcastcoaching. Thank you so much for listening. I'll catch you in the next. Now, go out there and do something inspiring.